And I think at the end of the day, personal branding is really, I like to describe it as a Venn diagram. And it's a Venn diagram of what you want and what your people want. And both of those things have to be considered. Otherwise, it's really easy to create a personal brand that actually does not feel authentic or personal or like an extension of you. And then it's then it's not going to feel good. It is going to feel uncomfortable because it's not personal. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. All right, friends, welcome back to Gather and Growth. I am very much looking forward to our conversation today. Today, I'm sitting down with Maddie Pashong. And Maddie, welcome. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. If someone is just now getting to know you, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, and how you got to today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Emily. So my name is Maddie. I'm a brand photographer and coach, and I'm based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I have been a photographer for about 10 years and moved into brand photography over the last four or five and really feel like this is my sweet spot. This is what I absolutely love doing. It's what I'm good at. It's what I could talk about all day long and not get sick of. So you know that that's where you fit. (laughs) Um, And then on the personal side, I am married. I've been married for next summer is our 10 year anniversary. Uh, And we have three kids who are almost seven, almost five and just turned two. So life is busy at home, but it's awesome. And as the kids get older, they get more and more fun. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Very cool. Now, have you always been in photography or what did that journey look like? I have not. So I, my background is in social media marketing. So I went to school for journalism and mass communications. And I started doing photography toward the tail end of college, kind of as a backup plan, to be honest with you. It was like a senior project that I just took too far (laughs) because I was so nervous that I wasn't going to get a job after graduation. Uh, Luckily, I did get a job. I got a really great job doing social media for Blue Bunny Ice Cream in Lamar's, Iowa. And so I did that for a couple of years, social media, digital media, as well as PR for different brands um, under the Wells Enterprises umbrella. And I absolutely loved it. I learned so much. I was given far more responsibility than I should have been given as a 22-year-old, but I loved it. And then after a couple of years there, my husband and I kind of decided, okay, we want to have a family sooner than later. Let's go back to South Dakota and see what we can find there. So then I got a job at an agency. So I went from corporate to agency and worked there for about three years on the account team. So still in social and digital, but more again on the account side. So I was managing relationships and expectations and budgets and all of those things. And that was when my business really started to take off. So I was doing photography all all through that time, but kind of bouncing around seniors, weddings, engagements, children, and got to the point where I knew that I either needed to double down in my career and kind of climb that ladder. And I really loved my career, but I just had this feeling that I couldn't leave the, the business, you know, like it could be really, really good 
let's kind of pursue it and see what happens there. And so that's what I did. And um, when I left my job, I was shooting weddings and absolutely knew that that was not the end game for me. It was, you know, higher budgets to the point where I was able to pay myself an actual salary. But I knew that that wasn't where I was going to be for the rest of my life because the hours are terrible for having a family. And so after about six months or so of kind of being on my own, I started to get into brand photography, starting with product photography and then actually photos of myself. I would take photos of myself or I would hand my husband the camera and be like, this is what I need. (laughs) And I started posting those on social media and people started to notice. I was really close with the community of photographers in Sioux Falls and my friends started to say like, I really want photos like that for me. Can you take them? And that's when I realized that brand photography and personal brand photography was a thing. And um, it combined the loves of marketing and the aesthetics of photography. And I was like, yes, this is it. And it's the rest is history. Very cool. So when you say, just for clarity's sake, when you say brand photography or personal brand photography, what does that even mean? Like, what does that look like? I feel like you are really on the forefront of driving this very niche side of photography forward. So if someone's hearing that for the first time, what does that even look like? Yeah. So the cool thing about brand photography is that it takes on so many different it can take on so many different things depending on what it is you're exactly you're talking about. What I really love is personal brand photography. So oftentimes I am working with other, usually women who are solopreneurs. Maybe it's a photographer or a podcaster, or graphic designer, whatever that might be. And I'm working with them to create marketing images that they can use in their business. And oftentimes that's photos they can use on social media, on their website, in their PDFs, whatever it might be. So that's what I really love to do because I love working one-on-one with other women. But that's not all brand photography is. When I first got started with brand photography, I worked with a children's pajama company out of LA doing their product photography. Uh, So product photography, that's a huge subsect of brand photography. Commercial photography and headshots, I do quite a few. I don't talk about it a ton because it's not very sexy, but it pays the bills and I do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's headshot photography. I do a lot of that throughout the year. And even I think real estate photography could be considered Mm -hmm. brand photography, commercial photography. Um, And then more again on that commercial side, taking photos for businesses for their marketing. So I worked just recently with a dental practice and we weren't as focused on the dentist himself, although that was in there, we were more focused on like the experience of people coming into the office. And then I worked with like a chiropractor a couple of weeks ago, that was a little bit more on the personal brand side. So it is interesting, because I think certainly in the photography community, and probably in others as well, people get a little nervous when you start talking about like niching down, but I feel like I still have a ton of variety in what I'm shooting. Yeah. I have so many follow-ups to that. Okay, so first of all, it was a pretty big shift. And I remember watching your journey, just even on Instagram, of like letting go of weddings, which like you said, is like a pretty high ticket offer. It's pretty secure. You know, people are always going to get married. And you recognize this is not for me. This is not even necessarily what I'm creatively pulled to into this thing that is very much like a new market that a lot of people don't even necessarily understand the need for that for. What mindset shifts or challenges did you work through in letting go of something you knew was pretty secure, even in the entrepreneurship world, into kind of this new this new realm? 
Yeah. I remember when I still had my full-time job, I was maybe even still at Wells and tossing around the idea of quitting my job and going full-time. It wasn't anywhere near to something that I could do yet, but the idea always kind of got me excited. I always liked the idea of being my own boss. And I think that this was actually before I started doing wedding photography because at the time I didn't want to do weddings. And I remember my husband saying something along the lines of like, there's, and he wasn't being like a downer. He was just being practical. He was like, there's no way you can do full-time photography if you're not doing weddings. He's like, that's just the math does not add up. That's not going to work. And I, and I think that that's a very common thought in the photography world. And so I just kind of had that in the back of my head. And yet at the same time realized that I, there's no way that I will be able to do weddings for the rest of my life, let alone the next couple of years. Like it wasn't so bad when my kids were babies because it was kind of like my little vacation. Like I would leave on Saturday and be like, okay, have fun, dad. Like (laughs) see you later. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that now. Like with my kids, the ages that they are, we have so much fun and they remember things and I want to be there for it. And so I knew that it just wasn't, it wasn't going to last. And that was tough because for a while it was like, okay, I know that this isn't my end game. And at the same time, I don't have another option or it didn't feel like I had another option. So I think that it started with just getting really curious of like, okay, well, what could this look like? There are other full-time photographers who don't shoot weddings and they make it work. So I think I had to get comfortable really quickly with pricing myself in a way that I was able to make what I always called like wedding money without shooting weddings. And if you're doing that, if you're if you're charging four figures for a brand session, then you better be bringing a lot of value. And so then focusing on that, like what what value can I bring? Where can I really like over deliver and being as confident in that as possible while also understanding that there's going to be days where you're just like, am I dumb? (laughs) Is this what I should? Does this even make sense? Yeah. Okay. So when you talk about like providing that value and that experience, what is the value that having brand photography or having that kind of session, what does that offer people, especially solopreneurs or people in small businesses? How does that really help them move their business forward? Yeah. Well, there's the practical side, right? Like it's extremely nice to have a library of images when you're talking about social media content or website design or any marketing materials. Like it is very handy to have a library of on-brand images that were created just for you that you can pull from at any given time. Like that is really, really beneficial because people are visual. And we know that when it comes to your marketing, having a visual element and also working in yourself so people know like who it is that they're working with, like there's a there's a benefit to that. They start to make that connection with the person. So I think that like that is on its surface, that's the benefit. What I have realized over the years is that Brand photography is really transformational because when people come to me and they want to book a session, they're saying like, 
I'm in this. Like I am committing to my brand. I'm committing this amount of money. I trust you. I trust myself that I'm going to be able to make this work, like that this investment is going to pay off. And oftentimes, like sometimes I'll work with clients who are a little bit farther down the path, but oftentimes I'm working with people who like, this is one of their first large business investments. And so this is like their first moment of really showing up for themselves and being like, we're doing it. Like I get chills just thinking about it, you know? And you can see that transformation happening during the photo shoot. Like my favorite thing to do is to show them the back of the camera after the first couple of shots, because the reaction is always this like, oh my gosh, like I look so grown up. I look like an adult. I can't believe that that's me. I look so professional. Like it is literally transformation happening before my eyes. And it's really cool that... I think oftentimes, you know, we're constantly thinking about the next thing and we think we'll never be professional enough or perfect enough to have this like amazing business or brand or whatever. And I think what brand photography does is it shows you not only your potential, but also that you're probably a lot closer to that potential than you think you are. And that's really impactful. Mm. And I think what's so cool about this is not only are you doing photography full time and very much this like niche thing that lights you up is it slowly positioned you as like a personal branding expert and now a coach that you're helping walk other people through building their personal brand. What does that process look like? Um, terrifying. That was not something that I expected to happen. I started, I, I hosted an in-person event and after, and it was about, you know, personal branding and really more focused on social media, like kind of surface level personal branding. And at, we had like a happy hour to close out the event. There were like me and I think 10 other women. And they all were like, when are you going to do a group program? When are you going to do a mastermind? And I was like, oh gosh, that's not, <laughs> that was not really on my radar. <laughs> it was really scary. You know, I, I think with on the photography side, I'm I'm 10 years in. So I'm kind of removed from the imposter syndrome that I used to have. I still experience it sometimes, but I feel really good about where I'm at in business and how hard I've worked and the luck that I've had and all those things. But on the coaching side, my business is basically a, a baby, maybe a toddler. And it gives me a lot more empathy for my clients who are battling those imposter syndrome type things. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in, I'm right there in it with you. Like mm-hmm. it's really tricky to show up as that expert and to say like, no, I do know what I, what I'm doing. Like I know what I'm, what I'm talking about. And I do deserve to ask you to pay me that amount of money or whatever it might be. And that's really, that can be really challenging. Yeah. So what do our listeners need to know about personal branding? Like, what does that even entail? Who is that for? Is it for exclusively entrepreneurs? Is it for content creators? Like what even aside from photography, what do we need to know about personal branding? Yeah, I I love this question because I think that we way overcomplicate personal branding. I think that a lot of the time when people think personal branding, They either think like a logo, a podcast, an aesthetic, uh, and those are all wonderful things, but they're not what make up personal branding. Or on the flip side of that, people think, well, I only need a personal brand if I'm like an influencer or maybe if I have an online business or whatever. And I don't think that that's the case either. So when when it comes down to it, I really think that a personal brand is made up of four things. And I call them the four R's of personal branding. And that's your reputation 
the rapport that you have with your people, that kind of initial connection, and then the relationships that you have with your people. I say people, but like a deeper level of people, not just people on the internet who are following you, but the people who you're really working with, your clients, your customers, and then refining that, right? So figuring out what works and what doesn't and giving yourself the permission to change because personal brands are based on people and people change. So for me, that's really what personal branding is. It's reputation, rapport, relationships, and refining all of those things. And I think that those are items that can benefit you, whether you have a business, whether you don't have a business, uh, whether you're a solopreneur, whether you have a big commercial business. I mean, personal branding is going to look different depending on the type of business that you have. But really, it's just bringing humanity into your brand and into your business. And I think even the most commercial businesses can benefit from that. And honestly, they do benefit from it. We see it all the time in advertising with like Amazon using um, Scarlett Johansson to talk about the Amazon Alexa. And now the thing in my office is probably going to go off. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to start talking to you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But we see it all the time with people, you know, using celebrities to make their brand more personal or um, progressive using the flow caricature to connect with their people more. Like we see it all the time. And that's all it is. It's just humanizing your brand a little bit more. And I think that's something that we can all benefit from. That's such a good point because I I do think so often we think like, oh, I'm not an influencer. Who's a personal brand for? What do I need to do with it? Guys, I have a really cool opportunity to share with you that melds my experience in the classroom and love for personal growth, the Enneagram and intentional parenting. My friend Sarah Waxman is a former teacher who now coaches parents and teachers through using the Enneagram to support students in and out of the classroom. She believes that investing in our personal growth is one of the best things we can do to pour into the kids in our lives. This November 7th through the 11th, she is hosting the Bettering Them Summit, an online learning experience with dozens of speakers prepared to share tools, techniques, and implementable practices to have the best year possible at home and in the classroom. The best part, a one-day pass to the summit is absolutely free. You'll have 24-hour access to sessions about building trust, communication styles, classroom management, developing mutual respect, and how our personalities come into play, and so much more. But for just $67, you can purchase VIP all-access passes that include unlimited access to all sessions, including bonus sessions with exclusive speakers such as yours truly, raffle entries, and a summit workbook. But don't delay because that price will soon increase to $97. If you are ready to learn from high-level experts and educators such as Enneagram Ashton, Gabby Gast, Margarita Monday, Brian Lee, Noel Don Clava, Elizabeth Leverett Ortiz, and Amy Wicks, grab your ticket from the link in today's show notes. Taking into consideration those four R's, how can someone really nurture what their personal brand looks like, both online and in real life? Yeah, I think step one is understanding that whether you do anything about it or not, you have a personal brand. It's similar to, and that's why the first R is reputation. It's similar to your reputation. Like you don't do anything to have a reputation. You just have one. If you're interacting with other human beings, you have a reputation and you have a personal brand. 
When it comes to the reputation part of personal branding, I think there it's understanding what do you want? And this is this is my favorite question to ask in business. I've been posting about this on social media. It's so incredibly helpful and and such an easy or a simple question, but not an easy question to answer. But I think it's really important to ask yourself, what do you want? What do you want your business to look like? And this, you know, when when we talk about kind of my journey with my own business, what I wanted was to not shoot weddings. And it took years for me to figure out like what that actually looked like. But it was because I was clear on the fact that this was not my end game that I was able to kind of pivot and make decisions um, and just stay curious of like, what do I like? What feels good? This isn't it. So what could that possibly be? We really need to get comfortable with asking uncomfortable questions like that um, and just kind of exploring what that looks like. And then also um, exploring like what is currently already out there when it comes to your reputation. When you Google yourself, what comes up? What do you want to come up? Because that's what your people are potentially seeing. So that's what it looks like as far as reputation, which is kind of just like, okay, you know, what's what's going on that our people are potentially seeing When it comes to rapport, that's where it gets really fun because rapport is all about connection. And a lot of this comes down to the content that you're creating online. So if you are someone who has an online business or some sort of an online presence, how are you um, connecting with your people through probably the online space? What, What does that content look like? What's the story that you're telling? When it comes to relationships, this is something that I think... Anyone can use, again, whether you have a online business or if you just are like, you know what, I need to work on my my reputation. I need to work on my own personal brand. Relationships are all about doing what you actually say you're going to do. So rapport and reputation, that's kind of a lot of your marketing. But the relationship is more like your client or customer experience or just your the, the experience that people are having with you. That's really what relationships are all about. And so some of that is Things like systems and processes, boundaries are a really big one. And I think that people get a little nervous when I talk about boundaries when it comes to making relationships better, but that can be really key, Um, making sure that people know exactly what they're getting into when they work with you or when they engage with you. I love that. That's so, it's so powerful because I know even like when I email you, I get a response that basically breaks down depending on like who it is that's reaching out to you, what your plan is to get back to them. And I think that's so beautiful that you have gotten very clear on what your working hours look like, what your response time looks like. And I'm sure that has lifted a weight off your shoulders where you maybe don't feel that, oh my gosh, I need to get back right away or everyone has so much access to me, which can feel very draining. Totally. And yeah, I love that you mentioned the autoresponder because I know a lot of people have love-hate relationships or hate relationships with an autoresponder. But this comes back to what do you want? You know, I know that there will be people who get my autoresponder and roll their eyes. Like I know I've done that. I've been that person. But you're exactly right. For me, it feels like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. It feels like I can get to 4.30 and not be worried about looking at my phone again because any emails that I get after that time, like they're going to get the autoresponder and they're going to know you'll hear back from me in 24 to 48 hours. And so that's a really good example of something where this might not be the most comfortable solution because what will people think, but it's the best solution for me. 
And I think at the end of the day, personal branding is really, I like to describe it as a Venn diagram. And it's a Venn diagram of what you want and what your people want. And Mm. both of those things have to be considered. Otherwise, it's really easy to create a personal brand that actually does not feel authentic or personal or like an extension of you. And then it's then it's not going to feel good. It is going to feel uncomfortable because it's not personal. Mm. Wow, I have so many follow up thoughts. to Because <laughs> what's the intersection between like, I'm going to live for me and be authentic to me and I don't care what anyone else thinks, but also when you have a public facing presence, taking into consideration what your community wants and what your customers need and like how that presents to your clients. Yeah, I think it's understanding that and I, I hear about this a lot. I think Another thing that people think about when they think personal branding, and I've had people say this to me, I can't have a personal brand because I value my privacy. And I want to sit down with them and have a very long conversation because it's not, they are not synonymous. Having a personal brand and having no personal life where there is privacy, those two things are not the same. It just depends on what's important to you. It depends on what kind of a personal brand you want to have. And so to answer your question, I think it's understanding that like there will be things that are important to you and there will be things that are important to you that make sense to share and bring along as part of your brand and things that don't. Um, For a lot of people, that's things like politics, like maybe politics are super important to them, but they just simply don't share those as part of their brand or as part of their online presence. Great. I think that that's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with having pieces of your life that are more private. Kids are a big one here. A lot of people don't want to share their kids or their kids' faces. They'll you know, allude to the fact that they have a family, but that's where it ends. That's totally fine. It doesn't mean that you can't have a personal brand. Sometimes having a personal brand is just something like showing the behind the scenes of your workday or um, the fact that you grabbed a salad from your favorite lunch spot. Like It doesn't have to be super complicated. Mm. And I think the the thing that comes up in so many conversations on the show is getting clear on what you actually want. What does success look like to you? Not for her or that business or that person, but what do you actually want? And then living fully as that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is a hundred percent what it comes down to. And that is why I think personal branding is so fascinating because it looks so different for every individual person. And that's actually a very good thing. It means that you have a really authentic personal brand. I I say this all the time, but my personal brand is, you know, me sitting here talking to you in no makeup and leggings and letting my electrician in. And yeah, it's just like, it's just the chaos of the everyday. Um, if I were to describe my mom's personal brand, she and she always went to work in like a corporate job. She didn't go to the mailbox without lipstick and earrings. She all like woke up in the morning and showered and got ready right away. Always wore like a really cute outfit. Our personal brands are very, very different um, when you're just like looking at them from the outside. Right. And that's OK. Neither one is bad. Neither one is good. That's just who we are. That's so powerful. So you work with a lot of different entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, content creators, especially women. What are some of the struggles or challenges that you're seeing women face and how do you coach them through that or what advice do you have to offer? It always comes back to confidence. Confidence in showing up as themselves or judgment is another big one, which I would argue is still going to, it's coming back to confidence. But that's the biggest thing. 
because building a brand with yourself at the center of it is really scary. I look at this often from the world of photography, since that's the world that I come from. And if you are just scrolling social media and finding photographers, you'll find a lot of photographers that have beautiful Instagrams of all of their, you know, picture perfect work and not a photo of themselves to be found. And that's because it's really easy to hide behind our work. And I think a lot of creatives do this. Um, I even think, you know, people in the corporate world have a tendency to do this. And building a brand where you're kind of the, the center point that everything is orbiting around, like that feels really scary. There's nowhere to hide. It feels really exposed and really vulnerable. But I think what I have found and what I um, work with my clients on slowly, like, I mean, this is, I've worked with a coach now for five or six years, I think. And it's, this is still something I work on every day. Um, but what I have found is that we were made for connection and connection doesn't happen if we just have these like Stepford Wives facades up all the time. Connection happens in vulnerable conversations and those moments where we say like, oh my gosh, you too. I thought it was just me. I didn't know other people were experiencing this. Like that's where connection happens. And if you have one person who feels that way about you and what you do, Every time that happens, it becomes easier and easier to say the thing that feels uncomfortable or to show up in the space that feels scary. One person saying, that's exactly what I needed to hear today, it makes it worth it. Hey friend, just wanted to thank you for being here. Seriously, the fact that you make Gather and Growth part of your day means the absolute world to me. You are what is making the dream of this show literally come to life. And if you're enjoying it, I sure would appreciate if you could do a few things. First of all, be sure you're subscribing, following. It's different on every platform. So wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you've got that taken care of. Second, if you haven't left a review yet, I would sure appreciate a five-star rating and some words about why someone should listen to the show, what they might get out of it, what you have learned so far. Reviews help other potential listeners find the show and know what it's about. Last, go ahead and screenshot this episode and share to social. That is some of the most impactful ways that new friends and family members find Gather and Growth and get the incredible goodness from all of the interviews and conversations that we have here. Again, I appreciate you so much and I couldn't do this without you. So you have evolved so much over the last couple of years, uh, both personally and professionally. What do you wish you could say to yourself three or five or eight or 10 years ago? Oh my gosh. I, I think about this so often because, you know, as is the case a lot of the time with coaching, you know, oftentimes we're coaching people who are very similar to us five years ago. And so I think about this a lot because a lot of my clients are dealing with it. And I, I would tell her that everything that is happening, it has to happen. Everything that feels completely disjointed and chaotic and like I am just aimless and without purpose. <laughs> Those moments have to happen mm -hmm. to get me to where I'm at now, where I feel like so incredibly aligned and happy and fulfilled and still deal with a lot of the same crap that I have before, <laughs> but in a really healthy way. And I 
think about it, even just looking from my photography career, you know, when I first started shooting, I worked with families and then I worked with seniors and then I did newborns for like a split second. I said I would never do weddings. And then I started doing weddings and couples. And then finally, then I started working with brands. And that's where I really feel like that super aligned feeling. But it took me 10 years to get to that place. Mm -hmm. And it would be really easy in the moment. It is really easy in the moment to say like this, this just feels hard (laughs) and chaotic. And I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know if this is going to work, but understanding that like, there's something here, something about this feels good. I know that I need to keep going and to just kind of keep going and experiment that that's how we get to these really great places, but it doesn't happen overnight. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said. Stay curious, keep asking questions, keep asking yourself the hard questions Mm -hmm. um, and taking just those little steps forward. Like you said, it's so easy to look at where you started to where you are now and be like, oh, well, she found her thing and that was so easy for her. Like I'll never find my thing, but it is showing up every day and continuing to make those changes to get you closer to where you're meant to be. And sometimes in ways that you could never see coming. I'm sure you did not graduate expecting to be a brand photographer and coach. Like no. it's wild. And I think that's my, my favorite thing is finding people's journeys. Why do we put so much pressure on 18 year olds to decide what the rest of their life looks like? Because I'm still figuring out what my life looks like and it's great. Totally. Oh yeah. If you would have told me like, where do you want to be or where, where are you going to be 10 years from now when I graduated college or graduated high school, I would have said like, I want to be a editor at some bet magazine and have like a whatever 20th story walk up cool <laughs> or, um, office. Like what I wanted and what I have are completely different. And now thinking about what I wanted quotes, I'd be like, Oh, that sounds terrible. I don't want that at all. <laughs> but isn't it funny looking back, all of those different jobs and experiences you had along the way, how many pieces of that are part of what you're doing now? And you had to experience that when you did to be able to do what you're doing now. That's it. Like, that's it right there. I think about that so often. Like, I, I could look at um, the corporate jobs that I had and be like, oh, I should have quit much sooner because my business would have thrived sooner. No, because I was learning things like mm-hmm. I everything about those jobs shaped who I am now. I could look at the amount of newborn props that I bought for like <laughs> three months that I shot newborns and be like, that was such a waste of money. No, it wasn't because it taught me patience and it taught, you know, it taught me so many things. But in the moment, you're just like, well, this is a mess. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And it's okay to say this feels hard and I don't think that I'm where I'm meant to be, but I can see where I'm going and I'm open. I'm just open. I'm open to changes as they come. Totally. So cool. So um, in a minute, I want you to tell us how people can work with you if they have the opportunity, but I know not everyone is close to you. I've had this same conversation with you. Like my goal is to fly you to my house. (laughs) (laughs) But if someone's listening and they're like, oh my goodness, I think that brand photography is a piece that I'm missing to what I'm doing. But I don't think anyone around me does that. Like, how do they have conversations with the photographers that they know and explain what they even need from a brand photography session for someone who maybe hasn't dabbled in that style of photography yet? 
Love this. So certainly step one, Google it and see if you do have brand photographers near you, because I do feel like there's more and more every day, which is really exciting. If you do not, but you have a lot of photographers near you, I would find someone who has a similar style as to what you want. Like, do the colors look like how you would want the colors to look in your photos? What's the vibe? You know, photos give you a feeling. Does it give you the kind of feeling that you want in your marketing photos? So I would find that person. And then if brand photography is not something that they offer or that they're experienced with, I would just have that conversation and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I need photos for my business. I am wanting to really show the experience that someone has when they work with me or um, show what like kind of behind the scenes of my job looks like, or I'm launching this thing. And so I need photos for it. Just be really, really clear. Like what's the end use of these photos? I think that's the biggest thing for photographers to understand when they're planning a shoot is like, what's this going to be used for? Is it going on a billboard? Is it used on an online sales page? Like what, what direction are we going in? And then a good photographer will be able to kind of figure out um, the the path to get there. And I also think, um, you know, if it is a brand photographer, they probably have some kind of method that they go about to figure out what kind of shots to get. But if it's not, I would just say like, hey, do you mind? Like, can I kind of create a Pinterest board for you or even kind of storyboard what this could potentially look like? I don't want to step on any toes, but I would love to help out because I have a vision for this. And I think as long as you do it respectfully, any photographer would be like, totally. Like that makes our job easier if we're like, oh, that's the vision you have. Okay, let's execute. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's extra complicated when it's hard to find pictures of what you want when they don't necessarily exist. Yes. (laughs) I know I've made Pinterest boards pulling shots from like completely unrelated discipline. Like a little bit of this, a little bit of this, but here's the vibe, but I see this, but like, actually, can we do it in a (laughs) cornfield? They're like, yeah, let's, let's go. (laughs) Yes. That's such a good point. It happens less and less because brand photography is becoming more popular and different disciplines, I think are kind of getting their time in the spotlight. But I work with a few people who do like Reiki and meditation and that type of thing. And the first couple of times we did photo shoots, I was like, I can't find anything. Like, what is this? I have no idea. (laughs) So yes, that's a really good point. One of the things that I like to do when I'm planning a session is really to ask certain questions that give me a good idea of the words that are important to this people Mm. or to these people. Um, So sometimes it's like, what are the feelings that you want your ideal client or customer to feel? How would you describe your brand? Things like that. And figure out a way to show that visually. So like I worked with a commercial banker a year ago and some of her words were like visionary and accelerating, you know, those types of like big words And instead of showing her at a desk with a computer, which is still important, like we got those too, we were more thinking of like, okay, how can we make these concepts really visual? And so that could be a good challenge if you're like, okay, I can't find anything on Pinterest for what I want to do. Think about how you want your people to feel or how you would describe your brand and how you can make those types of words more visual. It's like house of color. Use your words to find your clothes. Use your words, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone is able to work with you, being in like immediate proximity would be the best photography wise. But now you are doing masterminds and coaching and things like that. So tell us more about what you offer and how we can get to know you better. 
Yes, absolutely. So I am offering a new program called Rebrand. And the cohort that I'm running right now is specific to photographers who are moving into brand photography. But I'll be offering other cohorts in the future for people who just want to figure out what their personal brand is and how they develop it and grow it and market and all of those things. So um, be on the lookout for that. And then that's something that I always do privately too, or that I have been doing privately. So if you're like, I need all the personal brand help and I don't really want to be in a group setting and I want to start tomorrow or I have my timeline, whatever it might be. That's something that I do in one-on-one coaching as well, which has been really fun. So I love, you know, digging into someone's personal brand, whether it's super existent already or non-existent and figuring out, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. So how do we connect with you online? Instagram is the best. I'm there way too often for too <laughs> <pretty> long. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Always on Instagram at Maddie Pashong. My website is maddiepashong.com. And those are probably the two best ways to get a hold of me. And I'm, you know, always answering emails and DMs and all those things. So I would love to connect. Awesome. Okay. Before we go, what does personal growth mean to you? Oh, um, personal growth to me means something that is constant. I don't think like in my life and most of the people around me, I feel like personal growth is something that we're always working on, but the way that we're working on it looks really different in different seasons of life. I've had seasons and I feel like I'm in one now where personal growth is really related to my business. And we're probably most of last year, personal growth was way more related to me as a human. Like, what does Maddie like to do? Who is Maddie without the business? You know, and I think sometimes we get, I, I shouldn't say we, <laughs> sometimes I get very siloed on like personal growth means business growth, but it doesn't. And when I really realized that personal growth is more related to just Maddie as a whole person, I feel like that was when I made a lot of really cool changes in my life, um, just as far as like habits and disciplines and self-care practices that make me really happy and just make me excited to be alive and not just be a person with like a job or whatever. Oh, I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I know we're going to have a totally opposite conversation here in a few days as I get to be on your show. So I'm excited for my listeners to find you that way and vice versa. And I just... I don't even know how we originally connected on Instagram. I was was thinking about this morning. I'm like, did I find you? Did you find me? Have we just been Instagram friends forever? Like, no. That is so true. But um, I'm really inspired by your journey and love the wisdom that you share. It's super applicable to me and the point that I'm at. So thank you for all that you do to shine your light in the world because it makes a difference. Thank you so much, Emily. The feeling is very mutual. Thank you so much for having me today. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.